This episode is brought to you by KJK. Tired of the billable hour? KJK has a solution. The KJK GC Advantage program offers businesses comprehensive legal services in the areas of employment, corporate services, real estate, trademark, intellectual property, and estate planning, all for a set monthly fee. KJK serves as their clients' partners in business, not just their lawyers. Along with cost certainty and predictability, the KJK GC Advantage program gives clients peace of mind, knowing their projects will be handled quickly and efficiently, maximizing the return on investment on their legal spend. So don't go it alone. Let KJK help. Learn more by visiting KJK.com. Six One Four Startups Nation, welcome to another episode of the Six One Four Startups Podcast. My name is Elio Harmon, your host. Back in my very favorite seat, talking to entrepreneurs, talking to founders, and talking to people shaping and molding the Columbus startup ecosystem. Today, I have a very special guest for you, Mary McCarthy of the Women's Small Business Accelerator and now Accelerating Angels. Mary, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Okay, well, uh, your reputation precedes you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. You're all about entrepreneurship, all about business, and all about women. But I don't want to take for granted that my audience knows who you are. So who is Mary McCarthy, and how did you come to live in Columbus? Well, I actually came from uh, New Jersey way back when, when my father got transferred. He worked for Shell Chemical. So moved to Ohio, and I have never left. It's an incredible state. It is truly growing by leaps and bounds, and it's so fascinating to see all of the changes. And I will say, we have one of the most incredible ecosystems right here in Central Ohio for entrepreneurship. Okay, so why do you say that? Because I feel that, right? But I may not necessarily have a bullet point list. I mean, I might throw out some of the, the normal ones like cost of living, um, Midwestern hospitality, right? If you reach out to somebody, you're not super weird about it, they'll take the meeting. But what are some things for you that make you say this is an absolutely wonderful uh, ecosystem? Well, there, there are so many incredible organizations here in Central Ohio. I mean, we're a test market for a lot of, of corporations. So we have individuals living in this area. They're willing to try things and to look at something different. And, you know, we have our, you know, government, nonprofit, you know, organizations, scores and SBDCs. But then we have all these nonprofits and we have these small business owners and everybody is willing to collaborate. I never have a problem when I reach out and ask for help. I've never had anyone say no. People are willing to help. The challenge is we have to be willing to ask. But if we do, people are willing to help. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, that's right. That, and that's part of my experience with starting 614 Startups. I didn't have any background in tech or startups or um, you know, my name was probably not on a lot of people's radars, but when I did hop on LinkedIn and reached out to people and I had something of value, right? I wanted to reach out to founders and investors in the ecosystem and help tell their story. Everybody says yes. And that's true up until today. And that's true with you. So I don't take it for granted. You're a very busy woman. You run two organizations and, and you know, the, the Accelerating Angels is a startup. So I'm sure your calendar is packed. So thank you for taking this time. Um, but I always ask people, when did the entrepreneurial bug bite you, right? When did you become uh, interested in entrepreneurship and more specifically in women-owned businesses? 
But you know, I'll answer the first question first. Um, I grew up in a very traditional home. Entrepreneurship was not a word that we talked about in my home. It was believed you go to college, you get a degree, you get a job in a corporation, you stay for 20 years, you retire with a pension. My father actually retired with two pensions. He did 20 years in the Navy and 20 years of Shell Chemical. So he never understood when I moved into entrepreneurship and he spent most of, of the remainder years of his life asking me when I was going to get a real job. And I kept explaining, I have a job. I just happened to work for me. Um, but how I fell into it, you know what? It was just purely an accident. I was married. I had a brand new baby and a one and a half year old. I had quit working and my husband came home and said, I quit my job today. We're going to start our own business. By the way, I tell people don't do that, but we survived. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is fun. And that was where the entrepreneur book started. And I have been a serial entrepreneur ever since. All right. Now your version of fun and the version of other people's fun might be different <laughs> because a lot of times that's what attracts people to entrepreneurship. It looks really fun. But once you start, you realize there are some challenges. So what were some of the things that you, um, because uh, you discovered this passion for entrepreneurship um, that was that was able to help you? Um, meet the challenges, right? Uh, it's one thing to be involved in a field where the challenges discourage you. It's another thing to be in a field if you are right for that field where the challenges invigorate you. What was it about your experience of entre entrepreneurship that helped you persist? At the end of the day, entrepreneurship should be fun. And if we're not having fun, we have to look at what we're doing and make some tweaks and changes. You know, you have to monetize it so it's more than just saying, I have a passion for baking pies. I'm going to make pies. You have to look at it and say, great, I'm going to make pies. Who's going to buy it? What is the right price? And how do I get my product to the end user? So you have to think through all of those things. And again, when you think about our ecosystem, there are a lot of training organizations, a lot of mentoring organizations. There's also fabulous books out there, right? Resources such as the library. So there's so many ways that we can learn to be an entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur, we should be a lifelong learner. So we should always be looking at improving. Um, and then again, you know, reach out and talk to other entrepreneurs. Ask for help. Give help when somebody asks you. There are a lot of things that you can do to have fun with it. Um, but if you're not, we want to stop and say, let's fix. That's really important. Um, what helped me, interesting enough, I went to an event when I first started my business and there was a speaker that was standing in the room and she said, are you an expert? And I thought, well, yes. And then she said, do you ask or do you tell people that you're an expert? And I thought, well, no. And she was, well, if you don't tell them, they don't know. And I thought, well, you know, that's true. They don't know, but that's rude. We're taught not to brag about ourselves. You know, if I tell somebody I'm an expert in small business, are they going to ask me to prove it? Well, how, how can you say that? You don't really know anything, right? All of the, the fears and the concerns run through your head. So I went to a networking event. Someone said, Mary, what do you do? And I said, I'm an expert in small business. And they went, well, Mary, that's fascinating. And I thought, huh, okay. Now I have to back it up, right? But people are going to believe you if you say it because it's true. And that was a really defining moment early on in my business. You know, that's that's so insightful. 
and I alluded to how busy you must be. And you Mm -hmm. mentioned two things that are absolutely essential for entrepreneurship, which is asking for help and continuous learning. Mm -hmm. Just looking at your schedule right now, let's keep it real, Mary. Where do you squeeze in continuous learning, whether that's sitting down and reading a book or uh, taking a class and reaching out for help? How are you making sure that those are ingredients in your schedule week in and week out? Well, lifelong learning right now is audible. Love it more than life itself. One, you can buy, you know, I pay a monthly fee, I get a credit, and then I can buy the book, I own the book, I can listen to it over and over again. I've got my standards that every year, you know, Brian Tracy's goals, I, I listen to that once a year as I'm thinking about goal setting again, right? Um, Peggy Klaus, brag, how to toot your own horn without blowing it. Talk about a great way to learn to share with people all the wonderful things that you can do. It, it really teaches you how to brag about yourself without being obnoxious, right? Um, there's so many incredible books that you can listen to. And if I really find I need to take notes, then I buy it. And then I write all over the book so that I can remember all the important things that I'm reading that I want to go back and look at. In terms of training programs, I haven't attended one lately. Um, but asking for help, I was doing that earlier today. I asked program coming up and I was asking people if they would help me. And, and back to your point about being this being a great ecosystem, if you ask for help, there's you know a, a lot of organizations out there, um, some that are uh, general in, in, in terms of, hey, any business will help you. you know some of the things that come to mind would be like uh, the Small Business Administration and then Ooh. organizations like the Women's Small Business Accelerator. So great. tell us a little bit about the Women's Small Business Accelerator, who you help and how you help them. Well, the Women's Small Business Accelerator was created 10 years ago. I ran across a really good SBA article, interestingly enough, that talked about if all things are equal between men and women, why are men succeeding more than women? And you know, it didn't tell us anything that we didn't know, right? 27 pages later, the end result was, their determination was there really isn't a reason. And I agree with that statement. Now, it did highlight three different areas. One is, is education, two is mentoring, and three is connections. Because we have so much on our plates that we're, we don't always have the same big network to reach out to. So we created this organization specifically to train, and we have two training programs, the Inspired Entrepreneur and Determined Entrepreneur. We've got our Power Circles, which is really about helping women that have been in business at least a year come together once a month. It's like a, a little, you know, a masterclass series of we get together, you've got your peer network, it's, it's facilitated by a business expert, and you're really thinking about how to track your KPIs and how to be effective and how to make sure you're monetized well and you're spending your time in the right way. And then Mentor Match is an incredible program that if you've been in business for multiple years and you're making good money, but you want to figure out how to grow to revenue milestone, whether it's a half a million, quarter million, million, two million, um, we will match, hand match you with a mentor. And we have incredible multi-million dollar women business owners that are mentors that will give their time to help guide you for a year. Wow, that's absolutely <laughs> incredible. So uh, don't listen to this podcast passively. Mary just gave you two great things that are essential in your entrepreneurial handbook. Hey, if you can't seem to find that time for learning, check out Audible. Right. You can, you can learn in your car. You can learn in the shower. You can learn wherever you want. Right. So you should be finding that time to learn. 
And then number two, the way that we met was through Esther Salata over mm-hmm. at Bene- Benesafe Solutions. She was like, have you talked to Mary uh, McCarthy? You need to meet with her. And I'm guessing Esther is probably part of the Women's Small Business Accelerator. And so ladies, if you're out there, all right, and you know you need to build your network and you also know you need to learn and grow, check out the Women's Small Business Accelerator. Now, Mary. Yes. I'm excited to talk to you about Accelerating Angels because I think like the Women's Small Business Accelerator, uh, this is absolutely necessary for our ecosystem to continue to grow and thrive. So what is Accelerating Angels? Accelerating Angels is an angel fund. Interestingly enough, women really struggle to get funding, right? So there are multiple different levels of funding opportunities. So for early stage, business owners, you're looking at, at friends and family, then you're looking at, you know, maybe your own investments um, from savings, paychecks, things like that. Then you get a bank loan, right? And that is a debt instrument that you pay back. For those that have a business that's going to have a high growth, typically it has a technology component to it, right? So it's going to launch, it's going to test, and then they're looking for funding that's really going to accelerate their growth. They look for angel funding. What's interesting is you still have to go through your friends and family and self-funding. But rather than then go to the bank, and sometimes you go there next too, but angels is kind of the stopgap. They call it the valley of death, where you've run out of all the other options for funding. And now if you cannot get investment funding, you tend to not get your business forward. Well, women really hit that moment and really struggle to get to the next step. But if you don't get angel funding, then you can't go for the VC funding. And that's really where you will take off and grow exponentially. So an angel typically will give you $100,000 to $150,000 on average. VCs will give you a million and up, right? So this is the stopgap to get to the next level. Women fall short here, especially Latina X and Black women really struggle with getting the investments. So we're trying to solve that problem. By creating a fund, and we're currently raising a $3 million fund, and we're a third of the way there. We're so excited we hit the million mark this week that we're one third of the way there. And as soon as we get to two, we're going to start investing, and then we'll cap it at three. But this is money geared towards women founders that has really struggled to get it to help them go to the next level and have those high excess where we're now creating wonderful wealth for the founders. That that's amazing, and so thinking about ecosystem, ecosystem density uh, and concentration. Um, what as you you've gone out to attract the actual investment, mm-hmm. are you find are are you looking at individual angels being part of your fund, and if so, how does how, how do how does someone become an angel? Like, kind of what are the stats behind that, and do we have the kind of density we need? to not only help stand up accelerating angels here in Columbus, but also additional uh, angel uh, funds in our community as well? So the answer is absolutely, absolutely. Again, when you think about, you know, central Ohio, it's amazing the incredible successful entrepreneurs we have here, Uh, corporate executives, right? It's amazing what central Ohio has to bring. and there's a lot of opportunity. So to be an accredited investor, you have SEC rules. 
you have to have an income of $200,000 as an individual or $300,000 as a couple or a million dollar net worth, including your residence. And the reason for that is I really do want to make sure that you have, you know, the financial means to be able to invest and potentially lose the dollars, right? We don't want to put anybody at risk. Um, but saying that, think about the opportunities to be able to invest. We're, we're looking for $25,000 per unit. So you can buy, put in more than one unit, but the minimum is $25,000. But to be able to put those dollars in and pull all that together and then really pick incredible women that have phenomenal ideas. It's amazing the ideas that we hear all the time and see and invest in them and, and be a part of their growth and their journey. And, and I'm assuming both men and women can be investors in this fund? Yes. Absolutely. Okay, wonderful. So this is the 614 Startups Podcast where everybody who listens is loaded, all right? She's a third of the way there. Let's get her across the line. So if you're thinking about angel investing and you meet that criteria, reach out to Mary McCarthy. We're going to take a break. We're going to talk more about angel investing, the thesis behind accelerating angels and more after these messages. Support for the 614 Startups podcast comes from Nationwide. Nationwide's mission is to protect people, businesses and futures with extraordinary care. To help fulfill that mission, Nationwide is looking to invest its $350 million dollar venture capital investment fund in InsureTechs that will help them create new and exciting products and solutions to meet the needs of their customers. If you're interested in partnering with Nationwide's venture capital team, visit nationwideventures.com to learn more. Again, the website is nationwideventures.com. Nationwide is on your side. This episode is brought to you by Rev1. RevOne's mission is to help entrepreneurs build great companies. As you navigate the waters of business entrepreneurship, you don't have to go it alone. A strategic partnership with RevOne connects innovators to the talent, customers, space, and funding you need when you need it. Get started with RevOne Startup Studio by visiting RevOneVentures.com to learn more. Again, the website is RevOneVentures.com. 614 Startups Nation, welcome back. Thank you for hanging in there with us. I am continuing my conversation with Mary McCarthy of WSBA and Accelerating Angels. All right, Mary, we're going to continue to dig in to this um, angel fund, Accelerating Angels that you're launching. So what's the investment thesis? All right. And then um, tell me a little bit about the industries that you're looking to deploy this capital into. So... We are looking at investing in women, businesses with a woman founder. So yes, they just, they have, they don't have to have hundred percent ownership or 51% ownership, but they have to have some ownership into the organization, right? We really want to see women grow in this opportunity. Uh, we are, we do not have a specific industry per se. It does have to have a tech component. So obviously there is a lot of interest in technology in you know healthcare and medical devices those are all great but we are not limiting because the ideas are just fascinating that come to us all the time that we get to see but it doesn't have to have a tech component because that's what helps it scale quickly and easily to be able to have fast return because you're looking at companies that are going to exit in three to seven years yeah and, and let's dig into that a little bit because um uh, let's talk about women in tech 
right? Great ecosystem. But uh, as an ecosystem, are we uh, creating the pathways necessary for women in tech? Uh, and in, I don't need, ever, necessarily need to use the word encourage because I wouldn't use that with men. But um, in terms of startup formation, where are we, right? Are we accelerating? Are we stagnant? I mean, how do we get the, the, the velocity that we need so that more and more uh, companies that are founded by women or co-founded by women are getting the funding that's out there for them? Well, I mean, women are entering tech and, and bringing tech components all the time now. I mean, truly in this day and age, if you're going to have a company that's going to scale, whether you're looking for angel funding or not, you really need to think about technology and how it's going to help you be efficient, right? I mean, that's a really big, important key. Um, you know, women, interestingly enough, average about 3% of angel funding. In the last year, it dropped down to 2%. So, you know, we are working on getting back up to that and then more so. But the interesting statistic is that of those women that are getting funding, they get tend to get higher returns than a lot of their male counterparts. So they're building it correctly. They're building it well. Um, now we just have to invest in them. So I think we're in a position to pick the best of the best. There are so many incredible women businesses out there that, you know, to be able to look at these and really pick those that, that we are really confident that we can work with and help scale, that's going to be the fun part. You know, I think that perspective is absolutely amazing because some people might look at that drop to 2% and then goal of getting back to 3% as merely a challenge. But I think you see it as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, that means there are a lot of businesses out there right. with great ideas that other people are choosing not to invest in. But this is an opportunity for you at Accelerating Angels. One of the things I do hear, however, is this issue about sourcing deals. You said you're already coming across great ideas and you're only a third of the way. Do you foresee challenges around sourcing the right deals or investable deals with this fund? I think that's the, the true question, right? There's lots of, of deals that you can look at. It, are you finding the right deals? You know, we were a part of the um, ACA, Angel Capital Association. Uh, it's an incredible network of angels across the country and internationally. We have networked with a lot of these other organizations. There are founders calls once a month. There's a call for, you know, women entrepreneurial opportunities once a month that we're a part of. So truly, at the end of the day, it's fascinating because the angel world, people really work together and they actually come together on partner. So other organizations, a lot of times will say we've invested. They're looking for 300 and we invested 150. They're looking for another 150. Here's the due diligence. Let's look at this. So there's a lot of opportunities. So, yeah, we hear the sourcing. Um, but again, if they're not really looking at women entrepreneurs, they're missing a big part of it. So I'm not concerned. And my partner, Cindy Inglefield, we're not concerned about finding really good deals. We're looking for the 97% that are out there that are seeking the funds that aren't getting it, that we can invest in. Big shout out to Cindy Englefield. Cindy, holla at me. All right, let's sit down. Let's chat. Let's do coffee. Okay, let's keep this conversation going, Mary. Um, so, uh, you know, the, 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 the definition of investable seems to elude certain populations that don't get a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, let's lay it out on the table. What is Accelerating's angel, Accelerating Angel's definition of investable? 
I think all angel groups pretty much have the same definition of investable. You have to have a product that can scale. Uh, we do want to see that you already have clients that are paying you. We want to know that you have the, the solution to a problem that people will I mean, that, that is pretty much a given. You've got to have a team that we know that can work together. And interesting enough, a lot of times the team dynamic is almost more important than the, the product itself, right? We can work on the product. but Can we work on the team? We need to know those things are really solid. And then will they listen? Right. Are they are they seeking advice along with the dollars? And can we be a part of it and really help them grow? We've got a great network. We've got a lot of knowledge and ability. Um, again, why would you struggle on your own rather than asking for help? I think that's very um, but the opportunities are about it. And you know, interesting enough, when you think about the, some of the ideas that have been really successful, and I always use the the idea of Airbnb when they first came up with the idea of renting a mattress in their apartment, would you ever have thought that would be a multi-million dollar business, right? In how many countries, right? Um, so you have, to, you have to look at the idea and be willing to see the possibilities, but it's the team and if they have a problem, a solution to a problem the customers will pay for, then you have something that you can look at and start really delving in. Yeah, I, I think that's that's fantastic. And so let me let me turn the tables on you a little bit because I okay. think in in the startup world, um, I don't know the the perception is he who has the money makes the rules, right? Uh, but uh, for investors, they, they have to deploy that capital somewhere. So it's he who is investable might make the rules. So let's say um, you find a company that you want to invest in, and they hit you with this question: Why? accelerating angels what do you tell that company about why they should take your money ah well first of all i'm going to really find that really fascinating if i get that question Uh, (laughs) i'm just gonna say right because they are out pitching all the time yeah angels typically are a little bit earlier into the business's venture right once they get to you know past the series a right they've gone through the angels they've gone through the first round of Series A's for a million, and now they're going for additional funding. That may be more the case because everybody in the VC world is working for those that have already proven and made it work, and they want to be like the last money in in the short term to make the biggest return. I can see them getting that question. At our end, they're out there truly trying to find that first or second person that will really believe in them. But why would they want to talk to us because we understand entrepreneurship. That's what we do. We can understand and we can open doors. We can help guide them. We can help introduce them and we can bring money with it that can help them get to the next level. So we want to take them to the point where they're going to and hopefully open doors to the VCs where we can go from with us to the, to the VC quickly and easier than typical. Because right now, I mean, let's face it, you build a business. And then you go for the angel funding. And then as soon as you get that, you're already now going for the series A. And when you get that, you're now going for the next round. And you're so busy trying to chase money and then trying to run a business at the same time that it's really hard sometimes to balance both. Hopefully we can make that a little bit more seamless. That's that's our goal. Yeah, um, listen to Mary. Yeah. Don't listen to Elio uh, when you're out there trying to raise your, raise your angel funds and asking questions like I do. But maybe what I was trying to ask and you answered is besides capital, how else can you help us? 
right? And, and that's, that's really the question. And I, I think, like, like you said, you know startups, right? right? You know business and you can help them um, tweak if they are willing to listen and get to where they need to go. So, Mary, you have been dropping so many gems. I'm sure that there are a lot of women-owned businesses who are chomping at the bit. Um, but when we come back from this break, we're going to find out how close or maybe what the next milestones are before people can fully engage with you and you intend to start writing checks. All right, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Today's episode is sponsored by the City of Dublin's Division of Economic Development. The City of Dublin provides world-class tailored business services and resources to ensure the best possible environment for businesses to recruit talent and thrive. Because of this strategic focus and commitment to employer growth, Dublin is the only accredited economic development organization in the state of Ohio. The City of Dublin supports startups and entrepreneurs by offering targeted resources and training programs to grow companies that are financially sustainable innovative, and committed to creating jobs. Learn how other businesses depend on Dublin. Visit thriveindublinohio.com. 614 Startups Nation, thank you for coming back for our final segment of the podcast. All right, Mary, what's next for Accelerating Angels? How do we get to the point or where do we need to go where you're out there cutting checks and you're taking pitch decks and people are sitting down and chat with you about their businesses. All right. Well, I'm going to answer that in two different ways. So one, for those that are interested in becoming an investor, then we would love to have you reach out with us. And we'd love to, Cindy Inglefield is doing an incredible job of really raising the fund and would love to talk with them about the opportunities. As soon as we get to the $2 million mark, we will be starting to hold meetings. So we'll, we'll be reviewing opportunities. We'll be scheduling people to do presentations, start our due diligence and start investing in the fund. So this, I would love to say that we can be ready by the summer. Depends on how many accredited angels will come to us and say, yes, we'd love to give you our money. And we would say, wonderful, thank you. Number two, if you are a founder, a female founder, and you say, I'm really looking for funding, then you can certainly reach out to us and give us your contact information. We are gathering all that now, and we will actually let everybody know as soon as we're starting to take formal applications, we will let them know when we're ready. And hopefully again, you know, we'd love to say that can be by the summer. Uh, I will say we've been told it can take a good year to raise a fund. We've raised the first third in three months. So we're on a fabulous track record. We're hoping we can keep that up. Wonderful. I mean, the resume precedes you, so I'm sure that makes it a little bit easier. And I guess we live in a community, and as you reach out to your network, they recognize the need and the potential impact that you're going to have investing in women-owned businesses. So that's absolutely wonderful. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're a little bit on the fence, hopefully that pushed you over the fence. Uh, it's not going to be long, folks. So you might as well get in now while you have the opportunity. Do your own due diligence, of course. But there is an opportunity here to really have a big impact if you're an investor. And then, of course, if you're a startup founder, get on the list, right? Um, and, and maybe some advice here for startup founders, especially those who are doing this for the first time. My understanding is that you should start building relationships with investors up to a year before you need the money. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, you always want to build your network again. You know, especially we struggle with that. So 
you you got to meet me because somebody made the introduction, right? Reach out and ask and, you know, go to events and, and, and you never know who you're going to meet and who they may know and let people know what you're trying to do because that's where the introductions come from. So don't hold it as a secret. If you're in the process of trying to learn, if you're in the process of trying to raise funds, let's share that with people and they will open doors for you. Absolutely wonderful. So let's make it really simple for people to either make introductions or get a hold of you. What's the best way to get in contact with uh, the WSBA first and then, of course, Accelerating Angels? Well, so my contact net information is mary at wsbaohio.org. So that stands for Women's Small Business Accelerator, WSBA. For Accelerating Angels, it's mary at acceleratingangels.com. So either one are great ways um, to reach out to us. I'm on LinkedIn. Cindy Inglefield is on LinkedIn. You can connect with us that way as well. All right. And I can vouch for it. If you hit up Cindy, you hit up Mary on LinkedIn, they will respond and they will correspond with you. All right, folks, there you have it. That is my conversation with Mary McCarthy of WSBA and Accelerating Angels. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Mary. Uh, I am watching this fund with an eagle eye. I'm here to support. Uh, I think our community needs it, and I am rooting for you. All right, folks, uh, my one takeaway from the conversation, well, so many takeaways, but the one one that I want to point out and the one that I actually need to practice is focus on continuous learning. All right, so uh, my methods uh, on the personal side include journaling. I'm trying to really focus on learning how to journal my thoughts and my ideas down and mm-hmm. how to implement them in my business. And then for overall business, I need to get better at accounting. Listen, if you want to run a business, you need to have at least a foundational understanding of accounting because revenue does not necessarily mean profits. It's a little bit trickier than that. All right, folks, thank you again for being part of our community. Until next time, peace. That's a wrap, folks. You can find this in all our episodes on our website, 614startups.com. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Don't forget to subscribe and write a review. If you'd like updates sent directly to your inbox, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter on the website. To engage in the 614 Startups community, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at 614 Startups on all platforms and join the conversation. For sponsorship opportunities and collaborations, email us at info at 614startups.com.